I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition Thanksgiving Eve edition, where we are previewing the game against the Buffalo Sabres, and I am joined by Chad Didomenesis, who is the site manager of Die by the Blade, which is the Buffalo Sabres blog on the SB Nation Network. Chad, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you again for agreeing to have this little chat with us. Um, Yeah, so let's just dive right into it. Um, outside of the draft, which was obviously pretty good for you guys, um, the big off-season story for the Sabres was the decision to move on from Ryan O'Reilly. Um, it was obviously unhappy there, so it was a thing that needed to be done, but do you think the team is missing him at all, or is it okay without him? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the standings would indicate as of now they're fine without him. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, you know, Ryan O'Reilly is a good player. Uh, he's playing well in St. Louis. I kind of feel bad for the guy. I feel like he has some sort of bad luck that follows him around. Bad team in Colorado, bad team in Buffalo. He goes to St. Louis, and he gets some luck. And look at that, they're one of the bottom teams in the league so far. So yeah. I feel a little bad for the guy. But, yeah, I, I think there was just something to it there. You know, it's, it's a, it, you know it, his production was always there. It's just I feel like there was something that in the room didn't jive, didn't go. Yeah. Uh, and then when you add in the end of the season, losing, you know, his love to the game kind of thing, kind of just felt like both sides were like, all right, now it's time to move on kind of deal. And, you know, as of now, you know, they're not getting, I would say, great return out of any of the at least three pieces right now they have in Thompson, Saboka, and Berglund. Uh, arguably, Saboka is the most productive of those three players. But, you know, you have a first-round pick that assumed it would be this season, but – if St. Louis finishes in the bottom 10, which they're on track to right now in the NHL, then they have the right to push that into 2020. So mm. we'll see where that comes. But either way, you know, they get a first round pick out of it and they have a 2021 second round pick to pick out of it too. So, you know, yeah. we'll see how that goes. And the three guys that they ended up getting, um, particularly Thompson, comes with like a pretty good pedigree. So you would imagine at some point those guys are going to produce for you. Thompson's a crazy story here. It's, you know, he – when he came, when he was traded for, he sounded like he was told he was going to get top six minutes. Oh. And he had a good preseason, but beyond that, he's been honestly a mess. Hmm. Uh, he's 20 years old. He's playing in the fourth line. He looks like he doesn't know how to use his body yet. Turning the pucks over a lot. It's resulted in goals. He's had stretches where he set out four or five games as a healthy scratch, but they said they're trying to develop him with video and coaching as opposed to putting him in the minors. I don't know. It's it's a weird story where it feels like they're kind of trying to force him in here hmm. when there's no need for it. So we'll see by the time of Wednesday rolls around if he's still in the lineup. He's playing his third straight game against Pittsburgh, you know, today. So we'll see. But again, he hasn't been good by any means in any of the recent games he's been in. So we'll see how long they continue to kind of push that. But it's, it's definitely an interesting situation with him. All right. So Switching gears a little bit to one of the young guys who is probably a little bit better <laughs> than Tage Thompson. Um, you guys ended up with Rasmus Dahlin, which was a pretty, pretty good prize 
come away with after a crappy season. Um, through the first quarter of the season, has he been living up to expectations? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's nice for the Sabres to finally get the ping pong balls to bounce in their way. And yeah. It's a it's a nice year to have that work for them too. So yeah, I mean he's been he's been everything you've expected. And and I think the thing is too, in at least the first maybe eighteen games of the season, it was a lot of his defensive play. It's impressive for an eighteen year old just how solid he is defensively. Because when I see the YouTube videos of his moves and his offense and his shooting and his sick handling, which is all there in his skating, but it's it's how solid he is defensively. And now the last two games, in particular the Minnesota game on Saturday, where he just hands down was the best player on the ice. He, you know, the Sabres were in their third game in four nights, second back-to-back on the road after playing Winnipeg the night before. Uh, he made a ridiculous YouTube-style play to get them the first goal of the game, and they were down 2 nothing. He was the guy who tied the game on a rebound, so he came crashing out from the blue line to tie it. And, you know, and then they scored up, they scored late on a Pominville no-look backhand, which was ridiculous to give them the win. But, you know, he's, his offensive game is coming. And that's kind of the crazy part where the Sabres are playing this well. And they really haven't seen the offensive side of Dowling yet. Hmm. And it's starting to come now, which can be, I guess, even scarier for teams in the league. If they start to get that added in too, you know, who knows where the season can go for them. Yeah, um, I'm actually really excited to get a super close look at Dalene. Um I'm for I'm sure he's gonna like dunk on the flyer super hard. But <laughs> he's it's, exceptional. It's it's everything. It's when you watch him play, it's it's just everything. The skating, the ability to make moves and look up the ice and never look at the puck and never lose it. It's just it's impressive to see how he moves out there, just glides and how easy it is for him. And again, Crazy remember, he's only 18 years old. He's going to get better. And to be this good this early is – it's insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I think it's I, – I kind of wonder if he's going to end up like the defense equivalent of Connor McDavid. Like that – like like obviously Connor McDavid is good. But it's right. like you can just say he's good. Like you watch him and you're like no one has ever played like this before. Like no one has ever been this fast or like smooth. Or whatever. Like I sometimes wonder if Darlene's going to end up like kind of being that next level player, but on defense. Is it, about? it it definitely wouldn't surprise me. That's what some people said coming out. He's you know the McDavid or people said the McDavid or the Matthews of defense. So it's you know if you're if you're going to get that out of a defender, and I mean he's a defender the Sabres have been looking for for years. Yeah. And you know it's so it's 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 good. It's good times for him, and you know it's good to see how it's already benefiting. So. To focus on another one of your big stars, um, allegedly, I was thinking about it when I was kind of thinking about what I would ask you. And from outside of what I'm assuming is like the Buffalo Sabres bubble, like as a, I'm a, a pretty big hockey fan, so I read a lot, hear a lot, watch NHL Network, all that stuff. I feel like I don't hear a lot about Jack Eichel, which for me is pretty remarkable because like if you look at his numbers, he's really good. Like he's yeah. a point per game, a point per game player. He's like a big guy. Um, seems like he has a little bit of personality. Like I don't, like I feel like I hear about Casey Middlestad more than I hear about Jack Eichel, and it, it's kind of weird. Like why do you think he doesn't get any play? I honestly, and I tell people all the time, I think he's the most underrated, underappreciated player in this league. He I, is it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, he is extremely good. He drives so much offense for this team. He's the center 
you know, on arguably, which, which, which was one of the hottest lines in hockey with Jeff Skinner and Jason Palmerville and Eichel's the center, you know, that broke up for two games and they got back together again on Saturday in Winnipeg. And lo and behold, that line scores a game winning goal. So I'm assuming they'll probably just be together when you know, the Flyers will through Buffalo on Wednesday, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, in, in with, with Skinner, how well he's playing, but a lot of that is Eichel too. You know, he's not – a lot of people, you know, see his goal numbers. You know, he has four, which is – you're like, oh, he has four. Well, hold on. He has 22 points in 20 games though. Yeah. You know, and he's he's more – a lot of people, I think, think, you know, they see Austin Matthews scoring all these goals. Again, Connor McDavid scoring all these goals where Eichel's particularly not the type of player. And he's never had a guy like Jeff Skinner, a finisher, he's played with his entire career. This is the first time he's had a player with his talent on his wing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I really recently just wrote about it. Eichel is switching the way he's playing. He's he's being more of a playmaker as opposed to the goal scorer, where he's had to be the last three years. So the Sabres, if Eichel wasn't scoring goals, neither were the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be the case this year, you know, with Connor Sheary. And like I said, with Skinner and Darlene and, you know, middle stats here now and Kyle Pulso is having a bounce back year. So there's depth scoring and – He's allowed to play a style that helps him, and it's just incredible to watch him, how he is a zone exit machine for this team. Single-handedly would get the puck in the defensive zone and carry down, start to rush up the ice all on his own. And what he does for his linemates to create space, to make those nice plays that, again, you're probably not going to see on most highlights, and he's not going to get the recognition because right now he's on pace for 16 goals. Well, he's also on pace for 74 assists. So, like, he's on pace for a 90-point season right now, but that's not going to get any love because if he finishes the season with 20 goals and 60 assists, that's not as flashy as McDavid and Matthews who have 45 goals. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a different style and I think he's underappreciated, but hands down, he's, I personally think I'm not the same that because I cover the Sabres and watch Sabres. I think he's one of the top five young centers in this league that just doesn't get enough love for it. We kind of get a little bit of that in Philadelphia with Jake Voracek. He's like, pretty underappreciated by Flyers yep. teams. And I think it's because he doesn't he doesn't score a lot of goals, but he gets a ton of assists. And it's like, you know, an eighty point player is an eighty point player. Like right. you get right. stuff done. Like you can't discount assists, particularly primary assists. But um I just want to get back to that O'Reilly trade a little bit because again from outside of the bubble, it kind of seemed like that was like the first step towards kind of a wholesale rebuild for you guys like you had all this young talent coming in obviously there was a lot of struggle for the organization over the last several years um but then like you get a guy like jeff skinner that's not really the kind of player that you think about getting for an actual rebuild um like you said right now the record for the sabers is pretty good which i'm not sure anyone was expecting right so i guess it's hard to say that the the front office has done a bad job but do you think, like, do you feel like this team is rebuilding, or do you think that they're trying to compete right now? No, they're. I don't want to say it's a rebuild. I would say it's a, it's a retool on the fly. Is kind of what I call it. You know, that's okay. kind of how Botterill has been since he's got here. He's tried to make the moves where he's trying to get a competitive team on the ice now, and in a way, he's done that. He's also he's put a competitive team on the ice, but at the same time, he's picked up assets. Mm-hmm. I talked about it earlier with the O'Reilly first-round pick. Well, they have a first-round pick from the Vander Kane trade, too, and they have their own. So right now, if St. Louis turns things around, they go into next season's draft with three first-round picks in their pocket. And they have Jeff Skinner, 
and they picked up Sherry, and they have Eichel, and they have Reinhardt, and they have, you know, Darlene, and, like, it goes on and on. And they have the young talent, and they have some players in Rochester, too, who are making some strides and some players overseas. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, I wouldn't say Botterill's stance at any point was to rebuild this team. Uh, I, I think when he came from Pittsburgh, he didn't realize how bad it was last year, and he got a wake-up call. Okay. And that's why you're seeing O'Reilly out. Evander Kane moved out. And you're seeing players like Berglund and Soboka brought in and Sherry and Skinner and veterans, you know, veteran players who you can put around your your young talent you have on this roster. And this is a really young team that, like you said, a lot of people were not expecting this type of season. Uh-huh. I was not expecting this type of season. I, I thought they'd be improved. I was at, I don't know, like an 82-point team. And then you kind of build for the playoffs next year. But yeah. right now, we all know that November – deadline is a spot where you kind of run to and if you're in a playoff spot you're in a pretty good shape they're going to end their when the season's over and right now they're sitting five points clear of a wild card team so you know it's it's crazy they're on a four five game winning streak they just beat tampa bay winnipeg and minnesota three in a row they have pittsburgh tonight a struggling pittsburgh team and then philly and montreal the next two so if they continue to rack up some wins here and build the cushion you know it, it's gonna go a long way because eventually that slide is going to come. It comes for every team, but if yeah. you can build yourself some cushion here, it's going to help. But no, I don't think Botterill's plan was ever to do a rebuild. I just think it's impressive how quickly he turned it around. It but really I, is. I think it's, he needed that one season wake up call, which he got last year. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, that kind of brings me to my next point that you guys, as we record this on Monday, um. Fourth overall in the East, third in the Atlantic, like we said, well clear of a playoff spot right now. Um, and yeah, I don't think anyone expected this. When we did our season previews, um, we did division by division at Broad Street Hockey. I think it was um, Bill Max, who's on our podcast, who said that Buffalo might be like a fun loser to watch. Like, you're not going to win a lot of games, but you've got a lot of fun players, and it'll be fun to watch those games. But you guys have a lot of fun players and you're winning games. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's what we expected from this team out of the gate this year. Um, do you expect this to last or do you think they're going to fall off at some point? It depends. It depends. Cause a lot of it is, you know, <laughs> I'm going to mention the word that has haunted Philadelphia Flyers fans for years. The goaltending in Buffalo yeah. has been exceptional. Carter well, Hutton has been really good. Since he came over, since he came over from the Blues, uh, he no doubt stole them two points against Tampa Bay last Tuesday. He did it again, pretty much against at least got them a point against Winnipeg, and then Linus Allmark, who was the future of this team in that, jumped in goal on Saturday, and after giving up two quick goals in the first period, shut down Minnesota for the rest of the game and allowed the Sabre to score three unanswered goals and win. So there's definitely flaws on this team, and a lot of the flaws are defensively. You know, we talked about Darlene, but they're still, you know, Rasmus Pristolainen is still having his issues. Zach Bogosian, Zach Bogosian. Marco Scandella is having a down season. Uh, it's nice that Jake McCabe has rebounded slightly, so that's good to see. But the defense is still one of the weaknesses on this team, but the goaltending has bailed them out so far. And if that's going to continue for the majority of the season, then I don't think you're going to see a huge dip here if, if everybody stays healthy too, you know, and it's, yeah, I talked. I talked about Eichel and you know some other guys who are struggling to score goals, but like Eichel has is shooting at five percent right now in his scoring, his, wow. his shooting percentage. You know, Sam Reinhardt is shooting at five point three. Middlestat's at six point three. 
So while Skinner and Poundville are shooting well above their career averages, those two players are well below. So at some point, it's going to meet in the medium. So as some players come down, they're going to be coming up. So really, in theory, you're not going to see much of a drop in their scoring, which has been much improved as well. So it's it's a really interesting story because they're a legitimately an average team. Yeah. Like baseline average. But that's kind of all you had to be to make the playoffs. 16 teams get in. If you're average, you can get in, which is yep. crazy to think about two months into this season from where we – what were we talking about two months ago? Yeah, I actually, so I enjoy this kind of thing. Like you guys, the Islanders, um, I kind of like these little redemption stories, particularly with teams that have good histories. Like you guys had a lot of fun in the nineties. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I like to see a team like the Buffalo Sabres be competitive. So I'm hoping that this sticks for a little bit until you meet the Flyers in the playoffs. And then I hope it totally falls apart, but well, that was last time you're in the playoffs was against the Flyers, so it, it's been a while. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so one of my favorite things to ask people is to give us a player whose name we may not know, who we would not be looking out for, but who you think might make an impact in the game. Oh boy. Uh, I'm gonna say Jason Pominville. Mm. 35 year old winger. Uh, Looked like he, I mean, I don't know, he's 35 years old. You would think that his heart didn't slow down here. Yeah. Uh, he has, I think, eight or nine goals. He's on pace for like 60, 70 points right now. Wow. Uh, a lot of that is Jeff Skinner and Jack Eichel. But it's just, he's just Johnny on the spot. He's just there pounding on the pucks. I mean, he again, I, I don't know if it's puck luck, but that goal I mentioned in Minnesota where he literally got the puck turned around and just threw a backhand no look at, the net and it goes off the far post and in past Dubnik. So, I mean, it's just right now the pucks are going in for him. And, you know, I, I think that if there's really anybody I mean, besides, like, such you can say the goaltending who might surprise some people, but I think Hominville is going to be the most surprising one for sure uh, if he keeps his pace up here. Okay. Any flyers that you look forward to seeing when our teams meet? I love Shane Gosses Uh I was hoping. No offense to Flyers fans. I was hoping so badly they were going to trade him a few years ago because uh, I would have loved to be in on that. So I'm a big fan of Shane Gossespierre. Uh I love Sean Couturier, too. I, I think that's maybe kind of the type of player that maybe we can hope Casey Middlestat kind of turns into here. Oh, yeah. And um, Nolan Patrick's another guy that, you know, I'm, I'm a big draft nerd. So all those recent, you know, high draft picks kind of follow around. And he's another guy that I'm, I'm kind of curious to see. And I'm also curious to see the Flyers goaltending because – Hmm. that has been up and down with their injuries. And every time they come to town, I'm like, oh, that's who their goaltender is now. So. Oh, well, Chad, <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, so you are going to see, I'm assuming, Calvin Cal Pickard, um, because Brian Elliott is hurt again. Um, we were without him for about two weeks. He did some, I don't know what happened to him. He did something to his groin. Like he couldn't push off the post when it happened. So something's going on with him. But yeah, it's going to be Cal Pickard or Alex Lyon, who's our AHL goaltender. Um, so either way, you're not getting the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably good for your guys who like like to pick corners or get a goalie moving left or right. You'll probably have some real success there on Wednesday night. Um, Interesting. But yeah, so speaking of, give me your shot in the dark game prediction for how you think this is going to end up. Oh... Uh... Again, I'm sorry for Flyers fans. I'm not trying to be a homer here either. Uh, if the Sabres win in Pittsburgh tonight, mm-hmm. that building 
might be the loudest that it's been in years when the Flyers roll through. Oh, uh, God. They will be on a six-game winning streak. It is the day before Thanksgiving, which we all know is the biggest party night in the year. And yep. if you don't know, Buffalo is a party city. It so is. fans in that building are going to be rocking if they're on a six-game winning streak or even if they have won five or six. So I think the Flyers are in for a tall task. I'll never count Philadelphia out because they seem to always somehow give the Sabres fits. Mm. But I think Philly is up for a, a big a big challenge, especially if the Sabres are still rolling and winning games because that's going to be a combative environment to go play in. So if you want to score, I'll go – Three two Sabers. I think it's still a close game, but yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, and that, that that's going to be a tough thing to come into and play, especially the day before Thanksgiving and after coming back from a long road trip. That feels right to me. I'm the Flyers are um, and have been for quite a little bit here. A bit of a mess. Um, they had a a valiant effort at coming back against Tampa the other day. They scored four goals in ten minutes to end up losing in overtime. Um, mm. But, yeah, the, the goaltending situation is not great. The team does not seem to be firing on all cylinders for any stretch of time during any particular game. So it'll be interesting to see if we get the Flyers that turn it on or the Flyers who coast. I will say a forewarning, too. If the Flyers get up early, don't think the game is over. The Sabres are the comeback kids this year. It's oh. been crazy. They came back down from two nothing on Saturday. They've, you know, they've come down for games. I think at least three or four times this year, where they've been down two nothing, even down two or three goals in the third period. They've somehow managed to, at the very least, get a point, if not win those games. Hmm. So, I mean, we Bruce Boudreau talked about it before the Minnesota game that they can't let the Sabres stick around, or you know, if they do and they get a lead and they stick around, that they're going to come back to haunt them. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So. I'll give that foreshadowing forewarning to Flyers fans. If they get up early, don't start doing a happy dance yet because that game is far from over. Oh, Chad, we never do happy dances. <laughs> really. <laughs> we know what we're looking at here. But I'm going to go completely against character here, and I'm going to be positive about the Flyers for once. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say 4-1 Flyers. And that's, Ooh, man. Yeah, right. that's fourth, the fourth one's an empty netter, though. So really. Okay. Right. And I'm... I'm I'm going to get spicy and say. All right. I respect <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I, yeah. These, I, I don't think I've ever been even close to right whenever I make these predictions. So. <laughs> Me either. So it's okay. We'll see what happens. Okay. Right. So we've got the Sabres. Thanksgiving Eve in Buffalo. Uh, 7 p.m. start time, right? I think. Yes. Oh, yeah. 7.30. I think it's 7.30. Oh. I think it's NBC game. Okay. Yeah. 7.30. Um. Yeah, so you can uh, watch the Flyers and the Sabres while you prepare your turkey and pumpkin pies. And everyone will have fun. <laughs> Chad, thank you again for joining me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Go Flyers! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.